This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Previously on Of Mice and Men and Monsters. Welcome to the ship Pequod. Call me Ishmael. I talked to Penny here about this group I'm part of, and after I saw what you did at Frankenstein's, I I wanted you to join. I I thought that your skill set would be perfect for this. If I give you the coordinates to the exact spot where the opening to the pocket dimension is scheduled to be, then we can make it there. Allegiance in the form of a tribute of your most precious items is required of you. Moby Dick, the whale demon. His ancestry runs through my veins. This whale cannot be let to rule on these seas anymore. His reign of terror ends now. Are you with me, men? So where we last left off, uh, you had a kind of a rousing uh, talk from Captain Ahab asking for your help, but also giving you a reason to believe that maybe, just maybe, you can outrun this well. And if you can't, you can certainly beat him. You have set up everything that you need for ammo. Um, you've prepared the celestial balms. You have prepared the liquid ice canisters for the mangonel. Um, you have uh, set up the mingonel and, and the ballistas. Everything seems to be in place. Ahab spies the three of you um, gathered, and as the rest start to disperse, he waves the three of you over. So during this, I'm going to need you three kind of separated. I'll need one of you handling some of the ammo. Ahab looks at you, Penny. Do you want to go back up there and... Uh, be my lookout again? Always. Always. Oh. All right. Uh, and then uh, looking between uh, you, Awen, and you, Bertram. Mm. Do you boys want to handle the Meganel, the ballista? Or do you I'll have other things in mind that you can offer for my service? <laughs> <laughs> we all just got to quote good, like, good movie lines. I, I, was going <laughs> to, lines. I was going to offer my services as a... As a as a good cheerleader, cheering on the, the, the fighters and encouraging them, but... M- Mr. Bertram, come I on, s- man. We're in a war. you got to get up on there. <laughs> we just I suppose I ammo. could also go to that ballista, uh, ballista 
Uh, wait, uh, what, what was at the front, the front right, or the starboard that's bow? The, that's the mangonel. I suppose I can go by that... Mangonel. Mangonel over there, and uh, next, to, next to Herman, and maybe he could help me out a little bit. Mr. Bertram, didn't you say you're war-forged? Doesn't that mean you're for war? That is, for war. That for is what war. most uh, fellow robots are made for, but I was made to be uh, a butler of sorts and a servant for the, for the Featherfoot family. So I am what they call an envoy, which means I was built for a particular reason. Most are built for war. I was not. I was built to be a butler and to help serve a family. So no, not not a soldier, but I will do my darndest. Well, you're going to do your darndest on this ship. Uh, I would love it if you would go over there and you're going to be with Queequeg over there and you're going to help him with the mangonel. Queequeg, oh. Good old Queequeg. Mm Mm-hmm. Have we talked to Queequeg yet? Has he been like a character? No, you haven't. So he's only been (laughs) mentioned a couple times, but he did fight alongside you um, in the mutiny. Um, So he he was on your side and he is. uh, So you see over there, you see a a dragonborn. Um, Oh, a dragonborn. Sweet. Yeah. You see a dragonborn over there. So you'll go help him with the mangonel. How about you, Awen? Well, I guess that leaves me with the ballista. All right. So we have two ballistas. Uh, so you're going to uh, choose one of those two to go to. Um, and you're going right, to be able just, to operate it's, that. It's just those two, right? Yeah, there's only two ballistas. I mean, it's just like I get to choose the ballistas. That's my oh, thing. If right? you, or if you want to go somewhere else on this ship and uh, fight from there. Okay. That's fine, too. Um, we have a large enough crew where there's other people who can uh, manage the ballistas. Yeah. Can you... Can I get a crew member and maybe, well, I want to be able to be mobile. I feel like this thing's going to be on either side of us, and I need to be able to run between the ballistas. So, and I need full control of a ballista when I need it. But then when I don't need it anymore, I want to kind of give it up to the homies. Is that rude? (laughs) (laughs) that doable? Look. You help me out with the ballistas, or you don't. I, I don't care, but you better just take your position pretty soon. And, you know, as, as you're kind of, like, ruminating over that, maybe even, like, while you two are talking, you hear Agatha kind of shout out, I, I, I see the whirlpool. It, the vortex is up there. It's, it's mm, and you see her, like, above you, like, in the air. So she's, you know, able to see way farther away. Maybe she, uh, you'll be able to see where she sees um, in the crow's nest because you are up high as well. Penny, um, but she's like, oh, it's just uh, straight ahead. We're on the right track. If we could just make it 20 more minutes, it's right there. Awen gets really nervous. <laughs> For the record. And how does, how does Awen display his nervousness? He shits his pants. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, he, I think, starts to look forward more. He's glancing constantly, kind of the anxiously looking forward towards where the vortex could be. Oh, mm-hmm. it's like when people are afraid of flying and they nervously look out the window every time there's turbulence. Exactly. It's like, oh, God. The intense Pequod will sail on, rolling waves will go by. And I'm going to have you, since you're up in the crow's nest, Penny, um, I want you to make 
a perception check for me. And since Herman is around, um, you're going to get a plus two to that. So add a plus two modifier to your perception. 24. Wow. You don't even need that plus two. That's pretty nice. So you can barely like see like straight ahead, um, you know, just like a darker mass kind of almost on the horizon line that you're headed towards. And there is movement there. And so even though you yourself have never seen a vortex, it does seem to fit the bill. So you do know that that is what it seems to be, what, what you're headed for. And then also as your eyesight like scans around, you see movement in the water, a single spout appear at your six o'clock, so directly behind you. Um, but nobody else has noticed this. So it's like and a full clock. We've got vortex. Yeah. So the vortex is at midnight. And uh, looking behind you towards six o'clock, um, you notice just a, a sp- what looks like a spout of water just like kind of go up from the water. And that is going to be, to be fair, it's about like 100 feet behind you. Oh, it's close. Oh, my God. It's so close. That's really close. Um, okay. So I look at I'm like, hey, everybody, I got, I got two updates from up here. Uh, first one, uh, I've never seen a vortex, but I see something that looks like how I feel when Mr. Bertram starts talking. So I, th- I think that's right ahead. <laughs> um, and then behind, I'm not, I'm not used to the sea. But uh, I saw a bunch of water just sprout up, and it didn't seem like the usual waves. So unless I'm real, real new to this seafaring thing, there's something following us. Whirling around, uh, you, see, you see Ahab, you know, kind of like hurry back. And um, for those of you who are like near him, um, you also like have the same vantage point as him. But at last, some three points off the rear weather bow, Ahab um, describes that spout again. And instantly, he hits this button on the side of the um, main rigging. And three, the sound of three shrieks goes up as if tongues of fire had voiced it. And the whole ship just jumps into action. Whoa. What? <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Did you so, make up uh, that turn like of phrase? Turbo? No, actually, I'm reading one of the. It's it's a quote from the book. Oh, um, that's awesome. Forehead to forehead, I meet thee this third time, Moby Dick. All right, lads and lasses, this is the time. If you have to gird your loins, and if you have to tie up your waistbands, put on an extra pair of pants if you have to. It's time. Roll initiative. Bum, 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 yeah. bum, bum. Let's do it. Do it, do it, do it. And do it, do it, do it. I wasted my nat 20 on a on an initiative roll, but 20. Hey, that's uh, I, mean, I got an 8. 10. I'm wondering if Awen is more scared about the vortex in front or the, the whale mm-hmm. behind us. Sounds like he's in between a rock and a hard place. It is definitely a rock and a hard place for him. He's not happy about this. 
Okay, so um, because you were able to see him in time um, and like get enough of a warning, there's going to be no surprise round on you guys. Yes. Rat. No um, surprise. So with that said, uh, the very first person to act is going to be Bertram. So this, uh, the alarm has been sounded. People are scrambling. You are at the Manganel uh, next to this dragonborn who fought alongside you before, Queequeg. What would you like to do? The whale is behind us, and I'm at, I'm at mm-hmm. the I'm at the front of the ship. Mm-hmm. Can I aim? I'd like to try the mangonel at it, but like, would I not be able to hit it from where I am? The mangonel's range is uh, it can reach uh, up to eight hundred feet, depending on the. Okay, so I would just turn it backwards, and I can I have the I have an angle to try and hit it from where I am. Well, here's the problem. You see. You have three masts in between that, you know, go pretty high up um, in between where you are and uh, the area of the ocean that you want to aim for. So I don't think that would be a good idea. This is me (laughs) being very nice and letting you know. I don't want to just be like, fine, Mm. let's see what happens. Mm. Um, Yeah, I don't... You have like these, yeah, these things in front of you. I mean, it's kind of like you're, you know, you're in golf and you go off the fairway and you have to um, shoot around some trees. Uh, right. Not sure if that's a good idea. Shoot. Okay. So, I mean, how far can I do for a help action? Like how, how far can, is a help action supposed to be like right next to you? Uh, typically, yes. Uh, you okay. want someone within five feet of you. Man, I'm trying to think what I, I even can do. I, I mean, I guess dodge. I guess I can I can do a dodge, and so in case something happens, or I can brace myself and wait wait for the whale to get more in, in a position where I can do something. Yeah, you can you can also ready in action. Yeah, I guess I'll ready in action, and so that way, if the whale once the whale gets within sight, I'm basically I guess I'm like I'm like behind the mangonel or however that operates and how that works. And I'm just like facing and I'm just waiting to see the first glimpse of the whale. And once I do, I'm going to fire. Okay. All right. So you're going to wait until, so you're ready in action in which you're going to wait until the, the whale is within range of the Meganel to, to fire. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's all I can really do. Everything else would be like running somewhere and I won't be able to make it far. So I need to stay at my post. And I guess all I can do, if I can't help someone else because they're far away from me, all I can do really is ready in action. So, yeah. As you ready that action, he is, uh, he, as in Moby Dick, is going to swim forward and close the gap a bit more. And so with the speed that the ship is going, he's only going to gain by 25 feet. So he's now 75 feet away, but is out of range still of ramming you or biting or anything like that. That takes us next to Millie. And so Millie is actually at the helm. So as the navigator, she will be the one um, working the wheel, working this. And so she is going to um, attempt to um, push forward and maneuver the ship to actually go faster. So I'm going to roll, and so whenever she does that, she's going to have to make a successful, uh, basically a ship handling roll, but it's going to be wisdom. And she does not, uh, so she rolled a five on that, um, and I was looking for a ten. I gave her a low check for the first one, but she did not. So you guys do not gain any ground. You are 
let's just say five minutes have passed, so you're like 15 minutes out uh, from reaching the whirlpool, and this whale is now 75 feet behind you. Ahab is next, and he is going to be issuing out orders. Um, He's going to be encouraging the crew members. Um, So I'm going to roll a charisma check for him um, to see if he gives you guys a bonus for the next round from that encouragement. Wow, good job, Ahab. He rolled a 17, so he passed that. And so um, just keep a note for the next round that you guys have on there. Um, You're going to get a plus two advantage. So he's kind of giving his own specialty to you. Okay, so that takes us to you, Penny. You don't exactly see the whale yet. You see just this spout, um, but the spout that is, you know, is uh, coming up, it has kind of like just something's off about it. It doesn't seem like a normal whale spout. And so that's what alerted you first. And the fact that Ahab is reacting in the same way and you can kind of spy a, a large mass underneath the water, um, but you don't see all of the whale outright. Um, the whale is, once again, about 75 feet behind the ship. Got it. In my defense, I've never seen a whale spout, so it's not like I saw a, something and said, ooh, that's not a normal whale spout. I just saw some water flying in the air in a weird way. But that's I also fair. believe you <laughs> that it, is not a, it was not a normal whale spout. Um, so I have a crowbar. I'm going to throw it over the rope and I'm basically going to slide down to the other's crow ne- other crow nest. The um, one behind in the, the back? The one in the back the- of the boat that's closer okay. to Moby Dick and closer to where Awen is, farther from Bertram. Um, just closer to Moby Dick. That's the goal. Okay. That's fine. Um, do you need me to roll for that at all? Or, or yeah, do why don't you do an athletics check for me? No, it's going to be a low check, but still do an athletics check for me. Could it be an acrobatics check? <laughs> yeah, I'm fine with that. Hell yeah, good, because that's it. Anyway, 12. <laughs> yes, 11. That's fine. 11. It's, it's a low check. That's fine. <laughs> Great. Um, yeah, it we're not. ungainly, but successful. And that's what counts. <laughs> yeah, if you notice, like, you're, you're getting this, like, this round especially, like, as a way to set things in motion and to prepare. So even though you're not technically attacking, you are preparing things. And so you could describe whatever you need to um, Mm -hmm. as if like you have this round to get ready. All right. So that takes us uh, to Awen. What are you up to? I'm just going to say Starbuck is also like assisting. So I'm I'm really interested in what you guys have to say and what you're doing. Awen looks down at the side of the ballista to the ammunition that him and Bertram created. He looks at, he looks back towards the water spout from what he thinks is probably Moby Dick. And he slams a piece of ammo into the ballista. He cocks it back. And he sets aim for just below the spout. Okay. He knows from his time in the woods that you have to do a little bit of training. And by that, or leading, I guess, you have to lead the shot a little bit because the arrow is going to fall. Mm-hmm. So he leads the shot and he lets fly one of the liquid ice canisters. Okay. So why don't you um, roll a dexterity for your attack since this is counting as an arranged attack? And let's see if that hits first. It's a 10. <sighs> 10. Okay. 
And then you the did you add for, plus two? Yeah, for Ahab. Oh, that's 12. 12. Okay. That, I don't know why I said that anyways. That, that doesn't hit. <laughs> Just to give him hope and take it away. I know, I gave you hope. It's like, yes, but that... Um, so you, yeah, you, you load it um, into, and you're, you're working a ballista, and so this isn't one of the canisters that you guys created. This would just be like oh. a simple um, crossbow, it's like a very large crossbow. Yeah, so you load the bolts into the ballista, you crank it back, and then you let it fly, hoping to lead a little bit ahead, but it just glances off, and does, you don't see it make any kind of contact. So you, although had the right idea of leading, um, perhaps you led a little bit too far. So Agatha is uh, going to um, flutter up to where you are, Penny, and uh, she is going to put the, you saw the, the brass orb that she had earlier, Penny. Um, she is going to say, you need to hold on to this just in case anything happens. I've placed a duplicate spell on this. Please trust me on this. And she puts it in your pocket. So you now have um, one of the navigational brass orbs with the, with the whereabouts of each of the entrances into this pocket dimension that holds the island. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I would like each of you to... Uh, can each of you do a wisdom saving throw? Eleven. It's a twelve for me. Twenty. Nineteen plus one. Damn. It's the only time I've ever been wise. I'm going to say, um, just as all of your eyes are fixed on that in the back, um, you all of a sudden feel this horrible, like, like you hear this horrible crunching and you feel this just gust of force come um, from the left-hand side of the ship. Really within seconds before this happens, Penny, um, you notice a not dark, but white blur in the water um, beside you. And you instinctively brace yourself, but the others did not brace themselves. And so um, I need each of you to make a dexterity saving throw. Except for Penny. All of these are not my strong suit. It's a 19. That's a six. All right. So um, you are going to take just two damage, Bertram, and you're going to take one damage. So half that, you know. Um, And let's see if the others saved. So Millie did not. So she'll take two damage. Ahab did. Nice. Starbucks saved. And Agatha did not. So she literally hands me that and like, gets knocked around yeah in fact that knocks her off but thankfully she's able to fly so she's able to react and not like fall that whole depth or else that would suck okay um and so as you guys like gather your wits about you looking over you realize that that spout behind you has disappeared and instead you see this gargantuan beast in the water beside you um, that has Man. now rammed into the side of your ship. Looking ahead, so at 12 o'clock still, the ship is still on course. Uh, you are just starting to see the swirling maelstrom of the whirlpool um, within range. But 
also right up here <laughs> in your face is now what you can see a giant white whale. Um, in fact, let me give you the length. Let me, where was I? Wait, so the spout was behind us and then all of a sudden we got rammed in the side? Like it went it under up. and then hit us? Yeah. She said it wasn't a typical whale spout, decoy whale spout. Oh, that was a, uh, oh, it was a distraction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it worked because I've never seen a whale before. So A1 was trying <laughs> A1 was trying to kill an innocent dolphin or something that was just like behind uh, us? No, it wasn't there. What? So it wasn't there. Oh. It's, it's called magic. Yeah. Oh, um, sure. Yes. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you, you see just this huge whale um by and it's it's close enough to the surface that looking at it you would say it's like a hundred feet long like huge yeah it's a gargantuan beast so does that count um, now that he now that the whale's revealed itself can i use my attack that i had readied yes you can so why don't you do your prepared attack bertram Okay, how do I, how, what do I roll for that? So loading, so you're going to, you're using a trebuchet. Um, and so this is still a ranged attack. Um, so you are going to roll dex. So you'll roll a d20 and add your dexterity modifier. Well, that was a six. And even with Ahab's plus two, that's not going to cut it. Okay. All right, so that does miss. So you have used one of the canisters, uh, so keep track of that. Oh, okay. All right, but we are back at the top. So Bertram, you just let that fly, and it swings wide, doesn't hit, but you do have another turn. Queequeg, load another. I'm going to go again. He does that. Well, that was a two. Oh, my God. We're going to die. Good Lord. <laughs> We're all going to die. Um, okay, so I fired that one off and it went far away. Is there anything else I can be doing? I am not <laughs> very dexterous. Why can't I do what Captain Ahab did and, and encourage the mates with charisma? Because that's what a captain does. Encourage <laughs> the mates. <laughs> I mean, if you see something else that like you come up with, that's fine. But you're gonna have to find a way. Like, don't don't just like leave Queequeg like to man this by himself. This is a two man job. <laughs> no, I won't leave. I won't All leave right. my. I won't leave my uh, my post. Good man. All right. So at that, um, we're going to have uh, Moby Dick is going to slam into the ship again. So he's going to make an attack against the ship. No, Herman. No. Uh, but he. Yeah, but it does not uh, hit, so it's going to glance off the side. Um, he's going to swim um, along the side, and he's going to um, try and bite the side of the ship as well. Multi-attack. Yeah, he gets multi-attack. Dang. Not true shabby. And that one doesn't hit either. Okay, So you just you feel these thuds, but this time around, it, you don't see anything other than just like maybe some chipping um, or just, you know, reverberation, but nothing that's actually taking anything out of the ship. Um, Millie is uh, going to do her best to um, work on evading. So she's going to take evasive uh, measures in her ship maneuvers. 
Um, so she's going to have to roll a wisdom with a DC of 11. She does not reach that. Um, so if she had succeeded, if she were able to evade, um, they would have had uh, that would have given Moby Dick a like disadvantage on his attacks for the next round. But unfortunately, she he's moving too erratically for her right now. Um, so we're going to go to you now, Penny. Give me a sec. Um, throw pip. <laughs> Throw pip. <laughs> um, so basically I'm up I'm in the I'm kind of in the back top of the, the boat. He's hitting the side right now. How mm-hmm. close would you say I am? Am I like, close enough to like try to attack him or would that be silly? Attack him with what? Um I have crossbows. Um, what is the range of your crossbow? I don't know where to find that information. Let me look it up real quick. Sorry. What is it? Crossbow? I would assume with that kind of height, too, it would help. a hand crossbow and a, sh- a short bow, and that might be the same thing. You have a hand crossbow? I have a cr- hand crossbow, and it's a short bow. So mine. crossbow, uh, I mean, a heavy crossbow is 100, 400, but... Hand is You have a 30, light crossbow? Okay. Uh, I would say you could reach him from your height, that you have the correct angle for it. Okay, dope. Then um, I pull out my crossbow and I fire at him. Okay. I'll um, do attack. 15. That does not hit. Oh, uh, All of our um, rolls. Your rolls are going to have to pick up, kiddos. 15 is pretty good. Shoot, this thing's powerful. I mean, come on. It's the it's boss big boss. Fight. Yeah, for it's sure. It's the boss fight. For sure. Uh, Awen, you're up. All right. Is Moby Dick on my side of the ship? Yes. Okay. I am going to... I roll to the side of the ship. I uh, extend my hand out towards the water, and a noxious fume of green gas starts to flow out and mix with the water around Moby Dick. And it will have to make a constitution saving throw. DC... Oh, no. It's a con save. DC 12. DC 12. Okay. He rolled a 16. Okay. And I rolled a one for damage, so it doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) So that's one damage, I think. One damage? Okay. You just, you see like a little like paper cut basically (laughs) on his side. Like, eh. So let me roll that he got one damage. (laughs) We're doing good, guys. You're doing great. This is great so far. All right, uh, Bertram, back to you. I have an idea. Tell me if how how this would work, or I don't know. How, did, how should, should I just say what I want to do, and then say yeah, okay. yeah. Tell me what you want to do. So I think frustrated that I've whiffed on two, I've whiffed two times in a row, and I think my pride's hurt a little bit, and I want to look so cool in front of my compatriots. I think seeing the um the blowhole and seeing uh, water coming out of it. I'm hoping that maybe if I can time it, I can try and do shape water and freeze it as it's like coming out. So maybe it'll like, it'll like get stuck in his blowhole. Whoa. Okay. Gross. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think like that, that's an instant effect, right? You don't have to 
looking at the how the spell is described with uh, shape water, it's it's just automatic. Mm-hmm. It okay. lasts for an hour. So you're gonna you're gonna try and block his blowhole for an hour. Okay. Not right. sure what that what that does of anything, but maybe. Well, I mean, he can't breathe. Can he fight? And do they breathe through their mouths, or is it only through that that they breathe? I don't even know. <laughs> I mean, that's. I'm, I, hang on. Let All me right, look I'm up. Gonna, like, yeah. Look let me up, look up what look the up whale anatomy. Breathe through mouth. It auto filled. <laughs> um, whales. Hmm. I love how we're all doing this. All right, while you do that, I'm gonna do my tides or my chaos thing roll, wild magic surge. Okay, fourteen. Are y'all okay, all looking okay. up what, the way whales breathe? No, I'm looking up conditions right now to see if like there's a rule for the condition of um, shape water asphyxiation, basically. Oh, okay. So dolphins do not breathe through their mouths, but in 2016, scientists learned that a New Zealand dolphin with a damaged blowhole had learned to breathe through his or her mouth. So it is scientifically <laughs> possible for a dolphin or whale to learn to breathe through its mouth. And th- this is a sentient whale. Like, it's not like a, it's not just like a whale whale. This is a demon whale. So I'm going to say, like, you have blocked his, his blowhole. Um, so he's going to have to come up, like, for air to breathe through his mouth. Um, so he can... That's going to give him disadvantage um, and you advantage in some of the attacks. So okay, sweet. that's okay, what I'm so going to say. Happened. I'm, I'm going to say you're not going to like. You're going to. You, it's not like you're doing a chokehold on him where he like. Right. Gets choked out or. I was just like hoping that. something. Yeah, something bad would happen. Hopefully for him. All right. Uh, so uh, yeah, you do that and you successfully get his the water coming out of his blowhole to freeze and it kind of stays in place. Um, and you see him kind of like jerk around, like, and, uh, maybe even panic for a bit. And so I'm going to say that, um, he, he's in that panic. He's going to skip his turn. Um, but he is going to, um, swim further out of range as he panics. So his swimming speed is 50 feet. So he's going to swim 50 feet away. Wow. Okay. Okay. So he's still on the left side of the ship, but 50 feet away. Uh, Millie um, is still at the helm, and Ahab is going to turn to her, and uh, he's going to order her, turn round about, ram the damn thing, ram it! And so she's going to try and um, turn the ship um, off course towards this whale um, and going to try and uh, get in position to ram him. So let me first do the roll to see if she is able to turn the ship. She does. Well done. Well done to me, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Millie. Um, and then we're, since we're within, yep, we're within range to ram. Within range to ram. I like how that sounds. Um, we're going to try and attack him. So here we go. Come on, Herman. Come on, Hermie. Ooh, it hits. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we are going to, when, the, when we ram something, when a ship rams um, another ship, or in this case, a beast, um, it's going to do 3d6 damage. Nice. Five, one, one. So seven damage. 
and the ship um, takes half that damage. So the ship is going to take yeah. three damage, which ship's doing all right. All right. Penny, you're up. Uh, Penny's feeling pretty useless right now. So is Kimmy. Um, <laughs> and it it's just isn't sure how she can be helping. I'm just trying to decide if I even need to stay up there. I feel like I'm not doing much, but... Um, yeah, do what you want to do. Yeah. All right. I, I just had a job to do, so I was trying to do mm. it. But it's a job that seems pointless when your target is like 100 feet long, so it's very hard to miss. Um, I'm going to go to the middle crow's nest. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to get right back, climb on over through the ropes. Back to the uh, mid crow's nest. Um... I wish I could just throw one of those acid birds at him. But yeah, I'm going to go to the mid -cro middle Cronus, <laughs> and I'm going to uh, shoot him with my crossbow. Okay. All right, and then I get 18. Yep, that hits. Great. Well yes. done. Did you roll damage for your crossbow? Oh, is that me? I'm so sorry. Yes, yeah. You um, and that much. is... I, have one right D I got it. It's 1d6. Six. six, perfect. Piercing. Two. Yes. So yeah, it glances yeah, right off the strong. side. Just as he's coming up for air, it like hits him right on the noggin, and you see like a little bit chip off. Um, mm -hmm. That's awesome. The scientific term, noggin. You know, right. the noggin of the whale. Uh, <laughs> all right. He's going to use one of his reactions, and he's going to swim uh, to the rear of the uh, ship, and he's going to using his, his uh, using a bite basically he's going to grapple the rudder trying to render you guys unable to move so he's going to make a, a, a biting attack against the ship that lands yikes um and so let's do the damage to see if it actually renders it unable to move So 20 damage that does. You feel like this jolt and a loud crunch. And um, all of a sudden, just the ship's forward movement stalls. Oh. Um, and you, once again, if you were to look straight forward, you would see that you could see this, this maelstrom, this, um, this whirlpool um, now. And it's maybe 200 feet in front. You are now not even moving, and this whale has this giant hold on there. As you stop moving at the same moment, I need all of you, the, the three of you, um, to make a saving throw for me. Can you Yikes. do... Um, can you make a wisdom saving throw for me? Yes, I have. Oh, hold oh, on. 10. That was a 6. 15. All right. So uh, you saved Bertram. The other two did not. So let's figure out how much psychic damage you're going to take right now. Oh, psychic damage. Shoot. In my brain. It hurts so bad in my brain. <laughs> the three of you all of a sudden hear these like horrible, these whispers in this voice. Um, and the voice is saying, You'll never make it. You're mine, you hear, you're mine.
The Fable and Folly Network supports creators of exceptional audio stories, including the one you're listening to right now. If you love our shows, we want to hear from you. Complete our listener survey at fableandfolly.com slash survey. This will help us learn more about you, what you like, what you'd like to hear more of, and how we can maintain an inclusive, safe atmosphere. As a thank you for your participation, we have extras and behind-the-scenes content from your favorite shows. Fans make the network what it is. Thanks for listening, and we can't wait to hear from you. Find our listener survey at fableandfolly.com survey today. Friends, half-orcs, countrymen, lend me your pointy ears. Hey there, it's me, Caitlin, your master teacher. This is where I usually come on and tell you a few things, ask you a few favors, have a few laughs, all that fun stuff. But first and foremost, I want to thank you for listening to our show. You are currently on the last episode of our Moby Dick storyline. Ooh, it's a nail biter, you guys. Who knows that they're going to make it out of this one? Uh, but just as we take a pause here, as Penny Awen and Bertram are headed towards the maelstrom with the whale demon on their tail, as it were, this is where I come on and invite you to reach out to us. We are on social media, on Instagram, on Twitter. Our handle is at Show, And we're also reachable through email. That's show at gmail.com. And on all three of those platforms, you can reach out to us just to say, hey, we love those. We love it when people just drop us a line to say hi. But you can also use that as a way to give us suggestions and feedback for our show. Is there something you're enjoying? Something that you see as, hmm, maybe they can add some more of this. I'm really liking this whirlpool. Can we have whirlpools in every episode? All right, don't go crazy, all right? Uh, but you can also use that as a way to suggest future stories for us to use. We can use short stories, essays, poetry, plays, and of course, novels. There are so many that we can choose from as long as it exists in public domain. You can also give a suggestion for character names to use, character designs, or homebrew content that you've seen but you haven't had the chance to test out yourself. We'd love to test that out for you. So give us a shout out, drop us a line, and we'll get back to you. Really, our show is only made possible because you guys are there. I want to also use this break to invite you to rate and comment on your listening platform, because that is exactly how our show gets into the hands and ears of people who otherwise would have no idea we exist. So it's really through word of mouth and through offering feedback and ratings that we get to reach a wider array of audiences, which, to be honest, is exactly why we want to do this. We want more and more people to hear about these adventures, and we want more and more people to enjoy this. So, drop us a line, drop us a comment, drop us a review, and we will continue to do our utmost to keep you entertained, laughing, and thinking deeply. Thanks for joining us. Now, let's get back to that adventure, shall we? Bertram, you're able to like fight it off a little bit, um, but Penny and Awen, you you grasp your head and just this sharp 
terrible Ooh. pain takes hold of your mind, almost like just this this claws holding on with a vice-like grip. So um, Penny and Awen, you're going to take 10 psychic damage. Oh. And uh, Bertram, you're going to take 5. Uh, oh my gosh. 10? Yeah, like Awen is bloodied. Can I ask about how this works? Because I just have general 15 hit points. Um, so psychic damage, what does that come out of? Just That's regular same. hit points. It's just the so type of damage, because sometimes, depending on your race or sometimes even your class, you have the ability to resist certain types of damage. Um, so Got in it. this okay. case, I don't think any of you have the ability to resist psychic damage. No, um, not I. Very easily I'll- emotionally manipulated. all right uh so you you know you felt this sharp pain you see other members of the crew grab their heads and and shriek out in pain um and you hear ahab's voice above the rest hold on hold on do not let him get a hold of your mind and then whirling around it's me and you you hear me and you leave them out of it I'm going to have uh, Ahab attempt to um, give you guys like a sort of like a, an encouragement to help you with that. Bardic um, inspiration mm-hmm. of the sea. Yeah. Captonic uh, inspiration. Okay, so it did <laughs> succeed. Um, so each of you feel like a little bit of a lessening of that pull. Um, <sighs> yeah, with that. So you're able to um, not spend your next <laughs> movement uh, uh, just in a panic. Um, so you can carry on with your turns from there. All right. So that takes us to Penny. You're up. Yeah, I'm going to go to the back of the boat. I'm going to go. I'm going to slide back then to the back crow's nest. And then I am going to throw the oil of slipperiness on him, hoping to lessen his grip on the boat. Oh, nice. Hoping it'll well slide right out of his mouth. You do that. I'm, I'm going to say you do that. And I'll, yeah, all of a sudden just... It, you see him just like these these giant jaws. I mean, it kind of like gives you pause when you first see him and like realizing like, wait a minute, whales have teeth. Uh, and yes, they do. Some of them do like a sperm whale, which is what this guy is. Um, and so you see it like kind of start to like, <laughs> you see it start to lubricate and uh, it like slide right off. So the boat is no longer grappled um seeing this uh millie is going to take advantage of that and um they're going to be barking orders at the crew to keep get it going get it moving again and so i'm going to have her handle the boat Ooh, rolled a one on that one so even though you're no longer grappled, um, no some, of the, some of the machinery on the boat is going to be not working quite as well. Maybe it got damaged um, in one of the recent blows. And so you barely feel the boats kind of jolt a little bit forward, but not nearly enough where it needs to get going. Um, you're barely moving like a mile an hour. Um, and so this is not where you need to go. So... Um, you hear you hear Starbuck yell out, "We need to figure something out. This boat needs to get moving." Can Penny? Penny looks around and yells out, "Awen, Mister Bertram, we need a wind in our sails. Is there anything you magical weirdos can do?" Awen, you're up. 
Awen seeing that the boat is being kind of taken by Moby Dick and hearing Penny's cry for help, uh, braces himself against the banister that he's standing next to. He looks up at one of the mainsails and casts Thunder Wave. Hmm. A wave of thunderous force sweeps out. Every creature within a 15-foot cube of me has to make a con save or take 2d8 thunder damage. Okay. Uh, but I'm going to... Um, I'm just going to be pointing this towards the mast. Okay. Yeah, so you're going to do that at the main mast where the sails are. Um, actually, can you roll like as if it's the, the, the damage for me? Yeah, for sure. Um, actually, it's a con save, so it's instantaneous. Oh, nice. Okay. Cool. It just happens. So I guess it you could make happened. a con save for the mast. No, what I'm doing, it, it, the damage is typically 2d8, you said? Oh, the damage. Yeah. Yeah, I'll roll just roll damage for, sure. for me. That is 10. Okay. Damage. Um, and then your spell modifier is? My spell mod is two. So two, so that would make it a total of 12, which is a high enough check to get it going again. Um, so with that, that like final push, like, um, because this is like, this boat relies on the sails. This boat is not a rowing boat. It is a sails uh, boat. So it pushes out um, the canvas and you start to like move forward again, um, picking up speed. Um, and you, you kind of like breathe a little bit of a sigh of relief. Bertram, you're still at the front. What would you like to do? Can I see Moby Dick from where I am? Yes, you can. He's starting to, let's just say like he's starting to swim up the side. Um, what I know because, a, because Ahab told me like what the damage deals out for the Manganel. Like, I, I'm, I'm not sure whether I should do that or if I should do one of my spells. I'm not sure how powerful the manganel is, or if I, I would know that. Use that part. Um, you know, I think you would know what the damage is. So uh, a manganel is a heavy damage weapon. So if you get it, that is 5d10 bludgeoning. Oh, shoot. Um, plus an extra 4d6 um, with the uh, liquid ice. Then, yes, I'm definitely doing that then, then my, over my spell. <laughs> Especially if I have advantage. All right, it's a, it's a dex thing, though, which I have zero, zero yeah. mod on. All right. Ugh, that was 12. Ooh, 18. Yeah, that hits. Ugh. So you're going to ride, uh, roll 5d10 plus 4d6. All right, can you do the math for me? <laughs> <laughs> okay. 5d10? 5d10. 3, 2, 6... Eight, two, and I wasn't keeping track of those numbers. So that's eleven plus ten, twenty-one. Oh, twenty-one. I told Kate to do it. What and and what's the other thing I'm spelling? I'm rolling four d six. Two, five, one, six. Uh, fourteen. So that is a total of thirty-five damage. Dang. Mm-hmm. Not too That's shy. Right. Like Coming at you. Hey, I'm so glad I did that as opposed to my little spell. That was powerful. Keep track of that. So now you have used three canisters. You have nine left. Ah, okay. 
it is Moby Dick's turn um, right now. And so he is going to once again try to ram uh, the ship, causing the ship damage first. Is he ramming from behind? No, he's now on the side. Whoa. He's on the side. Looks like from behind that pushes towards. There's too uh, much lube back there. Can't ramp from behind. Oh Oh my gosh. Maybe it could. Maybe oh, actually, yeah, it's perfect, perfect opportunity. <laughs> Think about what you said, Adam. Jeez. I'm the dumb one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so he successfully rams the ship. So let's do some damage, baby. Okay, so he's going to do 18 damage to the ship. Oof. Herman, no. You know, My Sherman's boy, like, Hermy. Herman's like, ow! I'm just kidding, guys. <laughs> I can't feel anything. I feel nothing. <laughs> I, I feel nothing. And you see a, just a little tear. Um, all right. Tear. Um, for his second attack, um, I'm going to... Hmm. Can you guys tell me what your uh, health is right now? Eight. I'm at six. Five. Okay. Yeah. So for his second attack, um, you see, uh, you see Ahab actually like clutch his head and like drop to one knee. Um, and so I'm gonna have to have him do a little wisdom saving throw. Was this because of the the ram? No, it's his second attack. Oh. So he is. He's. Once again, as a little as a, as a little demon whale, he can uh, do some psychic damage as well. So let's do. He's going to take half damage for this. Twenty damage for that. Don't want to kill you guys. All right, so he's going to take twenty damage, um, and you see, like just. His face turned very pale and just a sweat breaks out on his body. Um, and Starbuck rushes over and helps him to rise. And, uh, you know, the whole crew is looking to him. And so he knows, like, he has to stay strong for the crew to take uh, roll. Um, sorry, for the crew to take spirit on this. Where are those good berries? The good berries. All right. So, uh, Penny, you look down and you see Ahab just get struck by a force that you can't see. Um, but he's clutching his head in much in the same way that you were earlier, and he's barely able to stand. What do you do? Yeah, Penny's scared. It, it, she just doesn't really know what she can do. Um, so she wants to distract the whale from what he's doing. Mm, so okay. he's on the left side, right? Forward, he's on the side. right now. He's on the right now. I'm not tracking this whale very well. So <laughs> I would know that because I'm in the crow's nest. Um, but Penny grabs one of the longer ropes and cuts it and basically holds on. She's going to pull some real Errol Flynn nonsense. She's going to try to swing (laughs) down and swing past it and cut it to get its attention or stab it and then swing. She's going to try to swing down and then swing up. So he can't move that fast where he could get her. She's hoping to swing back on the boat like a rat. Does that make sense? Yeah. So let's let's do a couple rolls for that. I'm going to have you do your acrobatics to see if you can, you know, get on the rope and swing around. Oh, yeah, no, it's a five. So I think I just failed at the beginning. <laughs> okay, you do that. And uh, yeah, you don't even like, you're not even able to swing. Just you notice like the rope is, is like t- 
hot, you know, like when you're trying to like undo the, um, when you're in the car and you're trying to, to pull your seatbelt and it just won't go and you're like, mm-hmm. ah, never mind. I thought I had more room. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that does, that doesn't even fall, fall into the right category for you to be able to swing around. Yeah. Um, sorry guys. It's all right. Would, is there anything else you want to do with your turn? Oh, am I able to do more? I guess that was the move, not the attack. Yeah, I'll um, say like that was the move, but you were unable to do that. So you can't move anywhere, but you can um, you can shout something. You can, um, from your area, you can take out an item. You can prepare something. Oh, I'm sorry I just hit it with my crossbow again, but it's truly the thing I have. So I'm going to go for that again. Oh, yeah. No, nat one. This is not my turn. Oh. <laughs> oh. All right. Great, great episode Penny's of Rolls. Penny's feeling so out of her element. She doesn't know what to do. You have, you, so you, you said you have your crossbow and mm-hmm. you, rolled a, you rolled a nat one for that? Yeah. You drop your crossbow. Oh, no. Okay. Oh, no. <sighs> um, and straight ahead now, um, you know, with, with your movement, you notice that the whirlpool is about 150 feet ahead. Um, but the whale um, has now, Moby Dick has now positioned himself in front, like between you and this whirlpool. And you also see that the whirlpool is starting to close, whereas it was humongously wide before. It is starting to swallow itself up and getting smaller and smaller. And you hear Agatha's voice um, yell out, The portal's closing! We have to keep it open. If we want to make it through and survive this, we have to. I'm going to try and go through and get them to hold it open. You guys need to get through. You hear me? You need to get through. And so you see her um, go down really quick, and she comes back up with her brother Felix, and he's like barely hobbling in, uh, hobbling on, um, and Safey's on the other side. And the three of them um, cast you one glance more, nod at you, and then kind of the, the three of them support one another and fly and you see them like dive straight into the whirlpool and disappear Awen, you're up i uh, i run to the front of the boat and i see moby dick in front of me and i kind of settle my feet onto the deck i feel the waves around me i feel the presence of this demonic force in the water. I breathe a huge breath in of air, of the sea, misty sea air. And I, just like a fatty baseball, I just overhand pitch, and um, a giant ice knife flies towards Moby Dick. And I'm going to roll for a damage thing. It's 15 to hit. Does not hit. Thing. Oh, powerful. no. Oh, my God. <laughs> what an epic lead up. <laughs> you just see this. Uh, so you, you do that. You do the whole wind up and this this large, like I, you, you said it's in, it's in the shape of a knife. Yeah, it's a knife. So this ice knife like sails through the air and glances off the side of this whale. Um, but actually, you did you do it with advantage? Do I have advantage? Yeah, oh, you have advantage on attacks or... against the oh, whale. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's a nineteen, baby. Yes, <gasps> that is yes. more like it. Amazing. Um, all right, so, so let's roll some damage on that. 
Alright, so that's seven damage, and then it needs to make a deck save or take 2d6 cold damage. Oh, okay. Twelve. And that is the save. So I think, okay. how does that Ty work? Ty goes to the runner, so he did save. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, right. So you gave him, so this, yeah, so the, this giant um, blade of ice loops over and smacks right into the, the center of his body that's uh, yes. above water now um, because you're able to have an easier aim at that. And you just hear this like groan uh, from this whale. Um, he's, he's not exactly like coming up above water like, hey guys, that hurt or anything like that. You just hear like this guttural moan um, knowing that you, you got him. You got him. Bertram, you're up. Okay, I have a pretty sweet idea, and I'm going to need to see if maybe you'll work with me on this, Kate. Um, this isn't my turn, but can I, for the verbal part, can I try and have Queequeg shove one of the bombs into the water? Yeah. Okay. Queequeg, I, I have a plan. You see that bomb over there, that celestial bomb? I need you, I'm going to cast a minor illusion around it so it looks like uh, Captain Ahab fell into the water, but inside really is going to be the bomb. Okay, he does that. Okay, then yeah, I cast minor illusion and I want it to, yeah, like I said, uh, since, the, since the bomb is like the size of a basketball, uh, it sounds like with minor illusion I can like hide an item like that inside a fake kind of illusion. So my, my hope is that I can cast this fake Ahab and really inside of it, it's covering up the bomb. And I'm going to, so <laughs> okay. when that goes overboard, it looks like Ahab is like struggling, you know, is like drowning in the water and just like trying to swim. Would you roll deception for me? Um, let's just see like how, how strong of uh, a trick this is. Well, oh, I, I'll, I'll totally do that. It says with minor illusion, it says if the creature uses its action to examine it, the creature can determine that it's an illusion with a successful mm. intelligence check. So it okay. sounds like it's more on Moby Dick if Moby Dick chooses to want to investigate it. Okay. Does that make sense? Um, I mean, I'll, I'll still fine. roll. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what you, no, what you no, think. No, no, no. I'm happy to do that. The, that's one of those where, yeah, you guys, when you have your spells, I don't have them all memorized. Yeah, for sure. Obviously. So it sounds so like I do me. it. I do it successfully, but then Moby Dick, if either he can be swept up and want to swallow it, or he could think it's fishy, pun intended, and want to go up and, uh, <laughs> and, and, and choose to investigate. You know what? I, I do want to do this, though. Can you do a performance uh, oh, role for me? Come on now. Performance should be my strong suit. Let's see. Come on, baby. Uh, do I have any kind of bonuses? That was a 10. No, that's enough. That's fine. Oh, so okay. um, he, yeah, he's going to um, examine it. So he, he really, he's like, what the, so he's going to um, swim towards it. Okay. So, so you have, it says it's you an intelligence to, uh, creature can determine that is an illusion with a successful intelligence investigation check against your spell save DC. Okay. Oh, so I, so it's against my spell save DC. Your spell save DC. Yeah. Mine's 13. Uh, he rolled a 19. 
Well, great. So he sees it and it makes him angry and he's going to um, swipe his tail at it and hit it back at the, um, the ship. But as soon as it makes contact with his tail, oh, yes. it's going to um, light it on up. Ooh, you really had us going for a moment. Dang it, man. I hate sometimes in D&D when you're like, that plan is so smart. And then like, well, you just, your roll sucks or whatever. You're just like, damn it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it still kind of worked, I guess, if it explodes still. Yeah, definitely. That's a really, really good idea. Yeah, that was smart. 54 damage. Oh. Whoa. Damn, we need to be using these big weapons Shoot. for sure. Yeah, Aaron, your first one was like a I'm one. like using my little baby spells. We have these big <laughs> weapons we made. You went into all that effort on that. Okay, um, so that was one of the bombs. Um, and his his tail is just devastated. I mean, yeah. it is like just a stump of a little tail. Um, and so he's going <laughs> to react don't to be that. Sad. Don't be sad. It's such a sad image. It's a demon whale. It's a hundred foot demon whale. <laughs> like, um, been, I was a child of the nineties. I just think of Shamu. Oh God, a killer whale. Free Willy. Um, all right. He so in, in uh, reaction to that, since he's right next to it, he's going to um, ram the the ship. That hits. Ugh. And let's do some damage for that. Uh, so as he does that, um, in his anger, he just spears through and knocks into the hole of the ship. Um, and in that, there is now a gaping hole in the hull. And so you start to see the sh- just the ship just lurches over. Um, I need all of you to make a dexterity saving throw. Twenty one. Yikes. Five. Twenty-one. Oh, F you guys. Okay, so wait. <laughs> what did you roll, Awen? Twenty-one. Twenty-one? Okay. Bertram, you're knocked into the ocean. <gasps> and oh, no. let me do a couple others. Awesome. I'm about to be Jonah up in that whale. It's just you. Just you. Um, Great. And yeah. Oh, no, wait. Got to do one more. Come on, Queequeg. And Queequeg. Yeah. So yeah, and Queequeg are knocked into the ocean. <laughs> Good old Queequeg. All right, you and Misery Queequeg are knocked company. into the ocean. Um, and you you can see, like, uh, also just the ship is starting to um, flag, and it is not quite sinking, but it is starting to kind of dip a bit, and it is no longer moving forward. Um, Was there so any damage in- on that fall for me or anything? With that, yes, but it's, it's, hang on, let me roll that real quick. Um, you just took one point of damage. Yeah, it's not too much damage when you're knocked overboard. But the trouble is you are knocked overboard. <laughs> um, and so at this point, um, you see like just this, this panic starts to happen and you hear Captain Ahab's voice boom. Hold! Hold! You, you, and you, and he's pointing to different crew members. Work on the mending. You know exactly what to do. We've had bits like this before. Remember when we have crashed on the rocks before. Get the boat upright. Starbuck with me. 
And so the two of them um, are going to rush towards the back of the ship. Millie starts to follow after. He says, no, stay here. And so you see him disappear in the back. Um, And I'm going to say, Penny, you're up. So your friend is overboard. Ahab has moved uh, with Starbuck to the back of the ship. And uh, the, the whale is not that far from um, your friend in the, who's in the water right now. Okay, I yell out, Hermie! Hermie, can you hear me? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm here. Hermie, someone made a reference to the mechanisms which, which drive the boat not working. Can you feel what it is? Why aren't we, why aren't, why aren't the engine, it's engines, right? That's like, because it keeps, No, keeps we're, we're a sailboat. We're, uh, we oh. got mechanisms to keep it upright, but. Uh, no, right. it's, it, yeah. It's just the sail, so it's purely I'm, just, I'm, now yeah, I'm the, the show, the, the boat's just kind of tilting forward right now and, and a little bit to the right too, so we're just, uh, the crew has to get it going, the crew has to patch it up. And make sure that we don't uh, take on too much water where we start to uh, go under the water forever. Um, Penny gets down out of the crow's nest and immediately goes to the side closest to where um, Bertram is. And I, would, I tie a rope around the mast. I tie a rope around myself. And then I look, I start looking over and I'm just trying to decide if I should jump in or if I should just make AO and use his binds. <laughs> Because that feels so natural. But um, what would you do? What would Penny what do? What would in Penny this do? Penny would boss people around. So Penny would definitely yell, Awen, use your vines, get Bertram out. And then she runs under to see what she can do to help with the boat and help bail out the water. So I go under and I join the crew and I try to help bail us out, bail out the water. Okay, that's fine. You're, you're going to be able to do that. Let's see if I would. Can you roll a wisdom for me? I got a seven. See, not okay. very wise most of the time. <laughs> <You're>... <laughs> Our rolls have been rough. Okay, so you, you do what you can to help, but you've never done this before, so you're really just kind of getting in the way. Mm-hmm. Awen, you hear, uh, you just heard Penny yell out uh, to use your vines to help Bertram, who is overboard. What do you do? How far away is Bertram from Moby Dick? Oh, how far away is he from Moby Dick? Um, He's about like... 60 feet from him. Um, and how far away is he from the boat? <laughs> from the side of the boat, um, right. he's about 12 feet away. Okay. Like down, I'm yeah. probably like 20 feet or something like that, right? But like you, mm-hmm. you're saying like horizontal. Right, up against the boat. Got yeah. Right, right, right. So, anyone wants to go and use one of these big bombs to like blast... Um, Moby Dick, but he also wants to save Bertram. Bertram mm-hmm. is this person, this like robot that he's cared about and is his homie. And so I think he, yeah. And what's his name? Piddle Paddle is in the water too. Queequeg. 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 Okay. Uh, so sorry. Um, he said he's he yells down for Mr. Bertram. He says, "Hold on and get ready to climb, Mr. Bertram, and hopefully you can get Queequeg out there too." And all around you, seaweed begins to rise up out of the water 
and cling to the side of the boat, leading up the side of the boat, grasping like, um, like vines and weeds along the side. And cool. it is now difficult terrain slash you will have to make a strength check DC 13 or be restrained, but you could just be restrained if you want to. Okay. Uh, so Bertram, what do you do? Yeah. I mean, I guess I would try and, and, and climb it, climb out of it. I mean, luckily I don't need to, I don't need to be able to breathe. So there's no worry about me drowning. I just don't want to be eaten, I guess in this case. And also Queequeg. I want to make sure he's okay. So come along, Queequeg. Come on, come on, climb up these vines. And so I think I would gesture over and try and start climbing up. And you say I need to, I need to roll a strength check? Yeah, if you want to, like, go up. Mm-hmm. It's DC 12. That was a four. So, hey, I'm out of the water, so you- and I'm just stuck on the, hanging on the front of the boat, I guess. <laughs> How about Queequeg? Queequeg, uh, uh, nat 20 on that. So he's, uh, yeah, he, he's, he's able up. to, yeah, he's going to climb up. That's classic I yell at Queequeg, Queequeg right there. I, I yell it, it's, at okay, it's okay, to... Queequeg, go along. I'll, I'll just wait down here. I'll, I'll be up shortly. As he comes up, I tell him to ready one of the celestial bombs. Okay, so he does that. Um, so he gets right to it. Um, and so now it is Moby Dick's turn. And so he's going to... Um, position himself right in front of you. And remember, he's still between you and this, uh, the vortex, which is now half of its size originally, um, you know, barely big enough for the ship to fit through. He's going to um, swim right at the boat, but of course he's going to take that at disadvantage because his stumpy tail. <laughs> that hits and that hits. So oh, um, either way, um, He's going to ram at the boat, and just as he, you see him like coming at you, you hear uh, a shout from behind you, and you see Ahab coming up. And so it's like as this is happening simultaneously, Ahab uh, like slams down his um, peg leg, and it's almost as if like time around you stops um, outside of the ship. And so Bertram, <laughs> you see Bertram kind of freeze in time as well and uh, the world around you, but life on the ship is still moving. Um, and so with that, he says, we don't have long. We have maybe 30 seconds that I can hold him like this. He turns to Millie. Millie, this is something that I've got to do. I'm going to take the boat, the lifeboat. I'm going to load it up. And I'm going to finish this once and for all. This ship now belongs to you. And he takes off his mantle and he puts it around her shoulders. And you hear it's like, no, I I mean, I I wanted to be a captain, but not like this. Ahab, it it can't be. Starbuck and I got this. The rest of you get out of here and live. Thank you. He grabs up, you see him and Starbuck, they grab up um, all the celestial bombs, kind of give you like a quick nod, like a cursory nod and salute, put them all in the, the lifeboat that is in the front. Queequeg lowers it at his command, and just as uh, it hits the water, time goes back in. And so as this ginormous white gargantuan whale 
is approaching the ship, jaws wide open. And in your heart of hearts, you know if it were to hit the ship, the ship is going down. You see him meet head on Ahab and uh, Starbuck who are rowing towards him. At that second, you, Bertram, you feel yourself like lifted up. You see Queequeg pulling up the vines that you're on. Um, and a few of the crew members are helping him with that as well. Looking behind you, Awen, you see Millie turn the wheel sharply to the left to avoid the collision that's in front of you. And whipping your head back around, you see it happen. Um, You see that as this whale with its gaping maw, wide open, ready for destruction, um, Ahab and his cousin Starbuck together in this boat laden down with the bombs, they hit. And when they collide, this bright white celestial light just blinds you for a moment. And after this blow, a dark black mass bursts from Moby Dick's head and it shoots off into the sky. His body, now burnt out and completely devoid of any life force, sinks into the depths. And it's just in that moment that you barely have time to register that you are making it forward, that you are inching forward, and you are making your way into this maelstrom, into this swirling mass of water. And as you hold on, you feel yourself sucked forward, and you hear the rushing of water, and this gushing, and this howling, and what seems like a horrible vantage point all of a sudden stops. And the Pequod exits from this whirlpool to a beautiful star-filled sky. The wind is gentle and cooling after the ordeals of that fight with Moby Dick, and the air is fresh. No more stench of decay or crashing discordant sounds of battle. Ahead, you spot an island, its center seemingly made up of massive trees. As you draw closer, you see that the trees contain a network of tree houses made from all types of materials and lamplight glows softly to usher in the beginning of the evening as the sun begins to set behind you. On the shoreline, you see the familiar figure of Agatha. Behind her is a small group, a patched up Felix and a grinning Safi among them. You dock the ship and you make your way towards your Aarakocra friends. Agatha reaches behind her and draws a green hood up and over her head, just as the rest of this small group behind her does the same, almost in unison. Eyes joyfully gleaming, she says, You guys made it! Welcome to the hideout of the Green Hood. Before we get you some rest and food, let me take you to meet our leaders. They both want to meet you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. The world has still ended. Darcy was a cafeteria worker. Do you see that minotaur sitting out in the food court? What minotaur? Just an ordinary, everyday human, probably. Egerton, you didn't even need a fairy cake. Why did you eat a fairy cake? Because I stress eat sometimes. Egerton was a PR flack for the imperial government. This extremely devastating explosion was, in fact, a celebration. He's a flightless fairy with a sweet tooth. There were some zombies, but Black blew them up. I climbed a tree. And we're skipping ahead, and we're skipping ahead. 
Blatt used to be a filing clerk. I'll pneumatic tube it up, sir. Now he's discovering the secrets of his half-demon heritage, like his ability to summon a soul-bound weapon. Oh, you're here to destroy a time, eh? Well, eat bazooka! <laughs> Three normal dweebs, rescued from the end of the world and sent on a last-ditch quest to save all of reality. There is a way to stop the shattering, but we need you three. The End of Time and Other Bothers, an improvised fantasy role-playing game set in the world of Alba Salix. Find it in your favorite podcast app or visit otherbothers.com. There's no evil, so you're welcome. Flawless logic. Oh, boy. Oh, boy.